Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. All in ministry. Amen. Luke chapter number eight. And I'd like to uh, just read a few verses of scripture that's that's uh, taken and, and, and ex- extracted from a story here. Uh, verse number 35, starting. The Bible says, Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed, and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Someone say, that's odd. They also, which saw it, told them by what means he that was possessed of the devils was healed. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes ran about, besought him to depart from them. Everyone say, that's odd. For they were taken with great fear and he went up into the ship and returned back again pray that that same spirit helps us here for a little while tonight and I'd like to preach along this subject matter the contention of contentment the contention of contentment all right Amen. Let's pray together one more time. There's been a lot of praying, but let's pray one more time. God would touch our hearts and minds. Father, God, I come to you today. Lord, we are so wowed and awed, Lord, by your presence. But I pray, God, that same spirit, God, that we have witnessed in this place would remain and linger, Lord, in the portion of the ministry of your word. God, that you could somehow speak to us strengthen us guide us instruct us god i'll take it all lord jesus for my life god my walk and relationship with you bless your people lord i pray god as they would engage and lord pulling close to the master's table god for whatever you may have god for us tonight we'll give you the honor and the praise for in the lovely name of jesus christ that i pray can we give him one more time a very great uproarous hand clap of praise unto god hallelujah Hallelujah, Master. We love you, Father. We love you, Jesus. Yes, yes. He's a good God. He's a good God. You may be seated tonight in the lovely name of the Lord. Luke chapter number 8 is undoubtedly the story that is told of the man that was demon-possessed. As a matter of fact, in the harmony of the Gospels of Matthew chapter number 8, the story is told of two possessed with devils. No contradiction, just that Luke must have somehow just focused primarily upon one of them that was seemingly perhaps more prominent to him than the other. Mark chapter number 5 is another place in the Gospels that this story is told and it is written to the audience as there being one that was possessed. It doesn't state one, but it speaks of one that is coming. But regardless, the stories are very cohesive and they are very much so telling the same story of a condition and a concern. And as the story 
story would go if you'll walk with me as we walk down the path of the story just to lay a little bit of a foreground here. The Bible tells us that Jesus and his disciples are departing from where they are and they are going to the other side. They are going to the place of Dadera in the region of Decapolis where there were several cities that made up that region and that area. They met a horrific storm on their path over there and the Lord stood at the hand and was able to command the wind and the waves back into harmony. And then he arrives at this island or this land, if you will, of Dadera. And it's in a very short period of time after they have met their landing that the Lord is approached here in Luke 8 seemingly by a man, a certain man, which had some devils. The Bible particularly says for a long time time. This is a long time that this man has been in this condition possessed of the devil. The Bible uh, gives a little description concerning uh, uh, the whole ambience of this man that he wear no clothes and that he did not abide in any house but he was in the tombs. And particularly that when this man or might I even uh, say better the devils that were in this man recognize who stepped on the shoreline they cried out and they fell down before him and said Jesus thou son of God of the most high uh, we beseech thee uh, torment us not uh, in other words don't 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 come here we're going to we understand uh, the future that torment's going to come uh, but don't 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 come early and start some torment on us right now and the bible speaks how this particular man oft times had been bound with fetters and with chains and with bands and had been driven in into the wilderness by the devil. And Jesus asked of these devils, what is your name? And they say, well, we are legion because we are many. Uh, we're not just a devil, but we are several demons. We are many. And the devils start to make a plea bargain, if you will, if I use that word, and I use that carefully, but make a plea bargain with God, with Jesus here and say, Lord, please don't command us to go into the deep. Please don't command us to depart from this country. But if you would, suffer us, there's some swine over there. Suffer us to go into the swine and all will be well. And so the Lord, uh, he, he gave in to their, their, their plea of going into the swine. He says, go. And in the moment that he did, those devils left that man and entered into the swine. And the happenings after the devils getting in the swine is that those swine went down a steep cliff, scripture says and they went into the water and they choked there at the lake and they drowned and all the people of the community and city of that place of Gadara seen what had happened and they went about and told others in the city what had taken place and the Bible says that they then went out to see Jesus and they went out to see this man that they all had knowledge of because he had been like this for a very very long time but very interestingly the Bible says that whenever they come out to see what was done and they came to Jesus and now the man that had no clothes on has clothes on and, and the man that was not in his right mind is now in his right mind and the man that was totally crazed in his spirit is now sitting very calmly so it would seem at the feet of Jesus the Bible says when they take in all of this 
that they were afraid. Never in the harmony of the Gospels, you can read all three of them, and never do you see that it's stated in the Scripture that the people of Gadara that had witnessed this and seen this man's life change, never is it ever spoken that prior to this encounter of the demon-possessed man with the Lord, it never speaks of the people of Gadara that they were afraid of the man. The Bible never says that prior to Jesus arriving on shore, these people have been in fear and afraid of this demon-possessed man for a long time. No mention of fear is given. No mention of being afraid is given. Although this demon-possessed is in the tombs, he's cutting himself with stones, the Bible says. He is acting, no doubt, somewhat crazed. They are never spoken of. The city townspeople are never spoken of being afraid. As a matter of fact, the only indication that Scripture ever gives is that whenever the possessed man was so fierce that no man might pass by that way. If I could state it like this, nobody wanted to deal with him. Never indicated necessarily that they were afraid or fearful, but they just didn't want to deal with him. So just don't go by there. Don't cross that path. And we can somehow avoid dealing with what really needs to be dealt with over here. And the Bible says, though, whenever they went to see what was done... They did not go. Now look, when all of the townspeople understood this and the multitude of the people understood and they heard what was going on, whenever they went, they did not go down to the lake to where the swine were. They didn't go down to take in with what happened with the swine that drowned in the lake. But the Bible says they went to see Jesus and the delivered demoniac. And here he is sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind. And when the people seen him clothed and settled, they were afraid. Furthermore, the scripture says after they learned all this, and the multitude comes, all the townspeople of Gadara wanted Jesus. This is not the city council. This is not some committee that has been formed. But this is all the people of Gadara. The multitude of Gadara wants Jesus to depart because they were taken with great fear of what they've witnessed. Not fear because of what Jesus might do to their pigs, but because what he might do to their way of life. Someone say amen. Somebody hear me tonight. There is a grand danger in being content where you are and how you are. Some people's fear and reluctance of God, fear and reluctance of his spirit is that it might challenge where they live. It might challenge where they're at. It might challenge their way of life. Sometimes it is important for us to expose ourselves to the master. Can someone say amen? 
I'm not afraid what's he going to do to the pigs. But we see this ultimate dramatic change that's happened to the demoniac. I wonder what he would seek out that needs to be changed in my life. I wonder what he would seek out that needs to be altered in my life. The Bible says in the harmony of the Gospels that the people of the city tried to bind the demoniac man. They tried to bind him, but it was to no avail. The Bible says that they even, you can read, that some tried to tame him, but again, it was to no avail. And so the attitude of the citizens of Gadara is this. If we can't bind it, and we can't tame it. If we can't do it ourselves, then we're just going to have to live with the way that it is. I fear some of us may be living with some things in life that we don't have to live with. But the problem of the matter is this. We've attempted to bind it and to no avail it's not been bound. We've attempted to tame it but to no avail it's not been tamed. And we've just adopted the attitude if I can't get rid of it, if I can't bind it, if I can't tame it in my life I guess I'm just going to have to live with it. Not if you let Jesus stay on the island. Someone say yes. And so live with it, they did. For a long time, he's been like this. Amen. Live with it until the demoniac had become a normal part of their lives. I can imagine when it first all started, people kind of turning their heads, worrisome about this. Amen. Something needs to be done, and they tried it. But when it seemed to be to no avail, you just let him be where he's at, and we'll stay where we're at, and we'll coexist, and we'll, 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 we'll cohabitate, and we'll be here, and we'll just grow content, and we'll just grow accustomed, although we know no, this isn't right. Over a period of time, I can just say and see them say, well, that's just the demoniac demand, the possessed man. He's been like that for all these years, and that's just the way it's going to be. We've lived with him in our city and our town all these years, and that's just the way. We can't get rid of him. We can't tame him. We can't bind him. It's just the way that we're going to live in Gadara. Someone say Amen. So they grew content with what they had once attempted to bind. What they had once attempted to tame. Amen. Can I tell you tonight, and it is just somehow a pitfall of humanity, but there is a spirit inside of us of untempered pride that in some of us that we would be content with things being undone and unaccomplished. If we can't do it ourselves, we would reject the help if we couldn't do it ourselves. Some of the issues that seem to last in our life is because we're not willing for Jesus to stay on in our life at Gadara to take care of the problem because we've grown content with our problem. We've grown content with our issue. We've grown relaxed. This is the way and who I am. This is what I'm going to be. They were, listen, they were more fearful of change than they were the terrible way things had been for a long time. <laughs> and the less terrible items seem to get a hold of us, the longer that we allowed them to exist over time, that which we first deemed as terrible will be nothing more but normal. 
And the reason why the people are afraid of God is because he causes us at times to walk into some uncharted waters. See, here the people have grown accustomed to it. They've grown, they've adjusted their life to it, to having a demon-possessed man around. But this Jesus thing, it messes up the status quo. Congregation tonight, it is a dire situation when people are more ease with the devil around than they are with Jesus present. There he is, as my subject is tonight, a contention of contentment when things you are content with are void of God. The Bible tells us in Exodus 2 and verse 21, I'll try to be mindful really well. The Bible says in Exodus 2 verse 21, and Moses was, everybody say, content. Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses Zipporah, his daughter, in other words, Moses was living there close to Egypt, in Egypt, the house of Pharaoh. Amen. He did the deed of killing one of the Egyptians. He hears word that others have learned about this. Pharaoh himself is chasing him, going to kill him. Amen. And so Moses does what? He flees to the desert. And part of the reason, listen to me well, part of the reason that he is reluctant after 40 years in the deserts, part of the reason why he is reluctant to leave after his burning bush experience on the backside of a desert is because from the very beginning of getting to the desert, he was content. He was content to dwell with a pagan false god priest and marry a pagan god daughter. Listen to me. Because the hardest things for us to leave or depart from are the things we grow content with without God. It was the contentment of the brethren of Joseph that endorsed him, Joseph, into being sold to the Ishmaelites because they were content to do so. The Bible states in Mark 15 and verse 15, and so Pilate, listen, willing to content, everybody say content, content the people. Release Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. There's something that was in the mind of Pilate. He has right now on his hand a little civil unrest. He has something that the kingdom hasn't faced. Maybe perhaps even under his command and under his rulership. Such an unrest like this in the kingdom. Let me tell you, it messed up his alpacart to have this unrest that was in the kingdom. And so contenting, he's seen, contenting the people would content him. 
contenting the people would content him. He's uncomfortable with the raging of the crowd because that may have not been normal prior to this time. Did not have this civil unrest like this before. But he could he could somehow, amen, be uncomfortable with the raging of the crowd. Amen. In somewhat of a way, he could handle just somehow pacifying and contenting them more so than the uncomfortability of having and putting to a cross a not guilty Jesus. And for the sake of contentment, Pilate releases Barabbas from death and delivers Jesus to be crucified. Someone hear me. There's always a contention with contentment when you're trying to have contentment without God. We'll get there. See, because for Pilate to do anything otherwise would have shifted his normal way of life, of peace and tranquility. To go on and put Barabbas on the cross and to release a not guilty Jesus would cause an uproar within the city, an uproar in the town, if you will. It would have challenged the contentment of the people and of himself. Someone say amen. In Genesis 34, I'm trying to run. I don't know if I can run too quick. I'm tired, but I'm going to do the best I can. Genesis 34 holds a very horrific story how Jacob's only daughter, Dinah, was raped virtually. That is, I don't mean to be so blunt, but that is virtually what happened. She was raped. But I want you to understand the story, the happenstance of all of this that happened in Genesis 34. But in Genesis 31, God had already commanded Jacob that he should return to Bethel where he first built his altar, where he first made his pledge. And then he should go on home to where Isaac was at Hebron. But instead of Jacob pulling up stakes and making a beeline to Bethel. The Bible says that he tarried at first at Succoth and he settled near Shechem. And at Succoth, the Bible says, this pilgrim who was supposed to be a pilgrim decided to live in a settled place and he built not a tent for himself but a house for himself and booths for his livestock. In other words, Jacob isn't too concerned about getting too quickly to Bethel. Because he's causing a permanent place of establishment for him and his livestock. The Bible says he would go just a little further and he would go near Shechem. Amen. And the Bible says that Jacob would purchase a piece of property at Shechem. He would become a resident alien in the land. He was settling down. I got to describe this to you. Whenever he first started to leave and head toward Bethel, you'll remember he met Esau. And he met him with all of his bands of people and all of the livestock. Ten years, listen to me, ten years have passed since he looked upon Esau's face until right now that he's settling right down with a house at Shechem. He's not too quick about his journey back to Bethel. Someone say amen. 
He's not in a hurry to obey the voice of God. He's not in a hurry to return to Bethel. If I can say it like this, he was content to live outside of God's will. He was content to live on this side of Bethel, away from Bethel. He was willing and content, satisfied, comfortable with right where he was at. But can I preach this to you tonight? One of the contentions and dangers of contentment is this. Because he tarried long in a part of the land and was content, with part of the land he should have never been content with. His daughter Dinah was raped and two of his sons become murderers because the father grew content in a place that was without God. Some would say yes. It was an expensive contentment. It was contentious, I might even say. Bible says in Philippians 4.10 but I rejoice in the Lord greatly the apostle Paul says that now at the last your care of me have flourished again wherein ye were also careful but you lacked opportunity note verse 11 not that I speak in respect of want for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content now listen the Apostle Paul's, for I have learned that in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content is not applicable, listen to me, just to anyone in life. Paul had the Lord. Hear me today. Paul had the Lord. And he could be content in any station of life because his life was already with the Lord. Someone hear me? 1 Timothy 6, 6 tells us godliness with contentment or godlikeness with contentment is gain. Listen, but there is no gain in contentment if God isn't involved. Paul could say in whatever state I am, I can be content because he kept Jesus on the shore. But if you don't have Jesus on the shore, you can't forever be content in whatever station and condition of life you want to be. You can't endure a demon-possessed man in Gadara. Because it's, it's, it's contentment with godliness. It's contentment with godlikeness. And a lot of times we tell people, man, you just need to be content. That's true because they already got God. But those that are content already, you know what they need? They need God in their life. And what that will do will change the dynamic. They won't be, be able to be content with the wrong things. They'll have to become content with the right things because godliness with contentment. No, well, read the scripture. Anywhere you see, particularly in the New Testament, that scripture is telling us to be content with food or to be content with raiment or to be content with such things as we, as we have. It's because, listen very clearly, anytime that's spoken, it's spoken to a people that already have God and godliness, godlikeness as a factor. It's already a part of their life. So food and raiment and such like things they can be content with because God is already a factor there. But some 
somebody that don't have God just cannot just be content or shouldn't be, I should say. Listen to me. Gadara's really well known for its tombs. Let me make this statement that people that are content where they are without God being involved are nigh a dead state. And will find themselves, and I'll prove this, and will find themselves if prolonged living in that stage or place of contentment with the wrong things, they will find themselves among the tombs. Case in point, in Luke 8 and verse 27, here in our story, the Bible says, describing the man, the demoniac, and when he went forth to land, here's Jesus coming forth to land, there met him, everybody say, out of the city, a certain man, which had devils long time, wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. Walk with me. Here in Luke, he says, it's from the city. And so we start to impose that here is the man that lived among the tombs but came out of the city. Watch me. In Matthew 8 of the gospel and Mark 5 of the gospel, they both, you, you, you got to take the gospels together. That's where you get the whole story. Matthew 8 and Mark 5 describe the demoniac man as coming out of the tombs. Luke why do you say they met him out of the city? Because of this, he once was an inhabitant of the city. But now he's in the tombs. He once lived in the city with the supposed normal. We could discuss that. But Sister Craig, after being content, and I got scripture here tonight, being content and complacent to the demonic tenor of the area, listen to me, it provoked him to be dominated by demons to where he finally was living life in isolation and outside the city. Why you say that, Brother McGee? Because Gadara, listen to me, folks. Gadara had a tenor of demonic activity. Listen to me. In Mark chapter number 5, another harmony of the Gospels in verse 10. And I, I know we're walking through a little bit of this, but this is all right. And the Bible says, and he besought him much. This is speaking of legion. The devils besought Jesus much, look, that he would not send them away out of the country. Jesus, don't send us out of Gadara. We've been home here a long time. We've had no problem with the people, us making a home here. But as the people grow content with them being here, you'll start finding demon-possessed people in tombs, cutting themselves with not rocks. Legion says, I've been around here a long time. I know I got a perverted lifestyle. And I'm just asking you, don't send me away out of the country. We're at home in this region. We don't want to be sent out of the country. Why? They were comfortable to stay there because the people were contented for them to stay. In other words, we're not going anywhere as long as they're content with us being here. Yeah. 
so a supposed ordinary man grows so deep in his contentment with the demonic tenor of his region that it possesses him. And now he's without clothes, he's deranged, he's cutting himself. He's breaking shekels and chains because he was content with his environment. Someone say amen. So here's the people at the, at the lake's edge. Jesus is there, a mighty miracle is taking place. And here's the people. They would rather have things as they were in order and rather than them to be any different or in order for them to change. They'd just rather just leave it like it is. Amen. Because the people feared that Jesus coming and more importantly, Jesus staying meant that there would be a change. Not only for the demoniac, but a change for them. A change for their lifestyle. The change for the things that they didn't say, hey, get out of here, out of Gadara get out of the town get out of the city that would mean a change for the things that they had grown content to amen they did not feel that they needed that they didn't feel like they needed that apple cart uprooted and somehow turned over they just want things to remain the way things were I'm going to be content with my problem I'm going to be content with my habit I'm going to be content with my addiction I'm going to be this is just the way things are I don't want Jesus to threaten the status quo in my life That type of change was more tormenting to the people than the torments that they had in their city. They just wanted Jesus to go because they didn't want anything to change. They were content. Godliness with contentment, 1 Timothy 6, 6, is great gain because godlikeness or godliness with contentment of the wrong things can't coexist. Godliness with the contentment of the wrong things can't coexist. Those things that we should not be content with must go or God will. Because at the lake's edge, that's really what was coming to the matter. You can keep Jesus, but if you keep him, things are changing around Gadara. And if you don't want to change, you're going to have to tell him to depart. So the things that we shouldn't be content with, they better go because if not, God will. We're not going to call it godliness with contentment of the right things. Great game. They wanted to keep that which had become normal in their life. Usual. Every day. So Jesus had to go. But notice in scripture. After the story of this event. After this happening. Oh this is just so heart wrenching to me in scripture. After the story in Luke chapter number 8. Jesus leaves then at their request. Let me tell you. Jesus is not going to stay around where he's not welcome. He'll love you from a distance. But he's not going to stay around if you don't want him. He is a gentleman. Amen. So he leaves at the request of the townspeople. 
the Bible describes that he returns evidently from whence he came from the same place that he had come from to come to Gadara and so he goes back to where he formerly was and notice the difference of the reception of the people that he had already been with in, in Luke 8 and verse 40 the Bible says and it came to pass that when Jesus was returned the people gladly received him for they were all waiting for him the people gladly received him they didn't tell him to depart they gladly received him they were all waiting just waiting for the next time he was going to show up on their shore and listen to me folks look what precipitates in the scripture right after he comes back to shore he's gladly received and the people are well waiting for him it's then that a woman with an issue of blood is dried up of her issue of 12 years it's then that a young girl 12 years old is brought back to life it's the feeding of 5,000 and about 11 or 12 days removed from this it's the healing of a demon possessed boy but the response of the people at that time is this we're amazed by his power and we're not willing to let him go we want that type of change I'm not content to stay where with I'm at where I'm at Jesus come on board Someone say, So it's evident this. If we don't bid him go and he stays, then we cannot remain content with the wrong things. I'm coming to a close. Go and stand with me. As I told you, and even still yet today, the most interesting remains of Gadara are its tombs. She dotted the cliffs considerable distance around about that city in that area. Listen to me, folks. We're talking about years removed. They say that one of the uses, Bishop, of these ancient rock tombs are they to, are to be used as dwelling places for the inhabitants. That the present inhabitants of that area are by and large not city dwellers, but tomb dwellers. And like the poor maniacs of old, Occasionally they are almost, this is, this is written historically, amen, modern day, they are almost as dangerous to unprotected travelers as anything. Sounds like some type of derangement going on. One man even reported that there is still a population of 200 souls. I like when he said souls. 200 souls in these tombs. Could it be, Brother Mason, X number of years that have passed, Brother Terry, that a people in Gadara that grew contentment with contentment and complacency of the demonic tenor of their area and their city and town become so at ease and content, Bishop, with the devil in his ways, but so uncomfortable with the Lord that, quote unquote, they have become comfortable with living in 
the tombs. If that doesn't show the power that can be transferred or conveyed in the things that we become committed to and content with, then I don't know what does. I hope tonight that if I'm speaking to a heart or soul of somebody, that if there's some things in your life that you tried to overlook and ignore, just hoping that they'll go away, it's not just going to happen that way. Because if you allow it to exist, you'll grow content with it, and it'll become a normal part of your life. It will overtake you. It'll possess you. And you'll do things totally unimaginable that you thought you would never do. What you need to do in this service is invite, Lord, get off the boat and get on my shore. Get off the boat and get on my shore. Because if I get you in my life, then I can't stay content with the wrong thing. Brother and Sister Mason, if you would come, if every head. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.